Having been shown at film festivals around the country, the documentary Whatever Comes Next will be screened as part of next weekend's Middle Coast Film Festival in Bloomington. The film's subject is Bloomington painter Anna-Marie Mahler-Ettinger, whose paintings are currently on view at the Blue Line Gallery. When Anna-Marie Mahler arrived in New York in the fall of 1939, her father gave her some advice about what to take in high school. My father said, you have to take a foreign language. He said, you take Spanish. That's, that's what you do in this hemisphere. The 13-year-old Anna Marie, who'd grown up speaking German, complied. And I made a very wonderful discovery in my native language and in English. There is one word, I am, and it has the same value no matter what. In Spanish, there are two words. There's soy, which I am, and estoy, which I am temporarily which means I'm hungry, I'm in Brazil, I, I'm about to cross the street. But soy is what you are from the moment you're born to the moment you presumably die. It's a distinction Anna Marie, who was born Ettinger, likes a lot. Because she's interested in that permanent, authentic self, and not the vagaries of time and place along the way, no matter how dramatic they may have been in her case. It means that I'm, I may have been a refugee, but that was another temporary thing. Like, I'm hungry, I'm walking on tiptoe, whatever. I, have, I am not a refugee. I have been an American citizen since the age of 21 in San Francisco. I've always said it's kind of ridiculous to go back. And this insistence on the continuity of the authentic self manifests itself in her art. So, for instance, if you look at my paintings, you'll notice that they're never either signed or dated because they, they are all, sorry, I am that painting. Anna Marie traces her identification with her art back to her first memory. I was three years old. And living with her grandparents in Vienna. Little awkward thing, my parents had were students at the University of Vienna, and indeed they did get married, but not until after I was conceived. And that was simply not done at the time. So I grew up in my grandfather's enormous uh, book-filled and, and Persian rug-covered apartment. I never saw my grandparents, but the maids brought me up. And it was with those maids around age three that Anna Marie experienced what one might call her primal scene. One day somebody handed me a piece of paper and a pencil, and I made a drawing. And Frida called to Clara, whatever her name was, and show what the skin can, look what the child can do. That's when I became a human being. There was something about being acknowledged for your ability to draw that made you come alive. Yes, absolutely. Suddenly I was not just a skin, I was Anne-Marie Ettinger. And all my life I have wanted to remain a human being, and that's the way I know how to do that. I draw, I paint, I also write, I make things, and then I, then I count. Anna Marie lived in Vienna until early 1939, when she was put on a train with other children to the Netherlands, where she stayed for eight months before joining her father in New York. Her mother and brother soon followed. I lived in New York for from 13 to 21, and uh, God, there was so much. Oh, my God. She studied at the all-girls Washington Irving High School and took art and literature courses at Hunter College and the New School. And she spent plenty of time in the museums. 
At age 21, she took off with a friend to California and transferred to Berkeley, where she earned her B.A. It was there that she met her husband, Henry, who was getting his doctorate in chemistry. I met my husband because he also was Viennese, and uh, we were introduced quite deliberately by my professor who said, oh, he's nothing much, but he's very bright. And my professor knew what I liked. So we were married weeks after we met, almost. Well, first we went skiing, and then we got married. That was 1947. And I never, never went back to New York, really, except to visit my family. I loved San Francisco, but then everybody did. Uh, since he was on the GI Bill, when he was married, he had an extra f- $40 a month. <laughs> you could eat very well several times in San Francisco for that. For after that, we had a year in Texas, and after that, Wisconsin. All three of their children were born in Madison, Wisconsin, where the family spent the first half of the 50s. While working with toxic compounds in the lab, Henry's health declined. And uh, he had a malignancy that had to be removed. And the doctor who did the surgery, who was a friend of my obstetrician, and my obstetrician told me, sort of in confidence, you know, your your husband has a 15% chance of surviving the first year. My daughter wasn't even born yet. That changed my life. I was going to be a lady who painted and nothing else. But after that, I knew I had to support three children. And it turns out I didn't have to. He, li- he lived another 30 years. But I, I suddenly became, in a way, a single mother. And instead of being a lady who paints... I, I stopped painting for 20 years. And prepared herself for the possibility that she would need to take over the financial reins for her family. So when Henry's work led the family to Bloomington, Anna Marie started on her graduate work at Indiana University. My MA is in, in art history. By fact, I was Henry Hope's graduate assistant in the old building, which must have been back from, from the Spanish-American War and was, had roaches and mice before they built this elegant thing. Henry Radford Hope was the first and longtime chairman of the School of Fine Arts at IU. And Henry Hope was never there, so I, I got to teach his courses myself. In time, Anna Marie furthered her studies. PhD is in comparative literature. The literature I was comparing happened to be Old French and Middle High German. Even with the doctorate and the publication of several articles in prestigious journals, acceptance into the faculty ranks was tricky for a professor's wife in the 60s and 70s. Oh, they let me teach here as a visiting part-time lecturer, which was all right, but I felt, what the hell? <laughs> The, the faculty wife, generally speaking, was a few degrees below the people who cleaned the toilet. And I mean that, as far as respect. A lot of us did social things, you know, uh, what's that women's vo- voter thing, whatever that is. League of Women Voters. League of Women You know, we, we all were quite, most of us, maybe not, but most of us were quite intelligent. Most of us had met our mate in college. Yeah. We certainly were all college graduates. Yeah. But most of them were, as, were not as under the, 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 this very powerful need to know that I could work. So she became a member of the faculty of the University of Cincinnati and commuted several times a week. 
there still wasn't much time for painting. But when I was at Cincinnati, I would lay awake in my little apartment and make a quick watercolor. That's all I could do lying in bed, but it was always there. I would look at something and it would pop into my head, but I just didn't use use the brush. Was it terribly frustrating all those years that you didn't have the opportunity? because I had to work so hard, and working hard is a wonderful medicine for anything. By the early 80s, Henry's health problems became so persistent that Anna Marie left her position in Cincinnati and returned to Bloomington full-time to take care of him. He died in 1983. Well, actually, the first thing I did after Henry died, I drove to the Rockies. I was going to celebrate solitude. I was going to wallow in in, in depression. I was going to consider it as a positive thing. From then on, I was just going to be a painter and a writer. But anyway, I went to the Rockies. It was spectacular. My God, it was glorious. My God, I fell in love with it. Can you walk and do this, or does yeah, it not sure. work? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Let me show you some of yeah. the paintings. Let's see. Let me show you the stuff in the studio. Okay. Oh, these are the mountains. So you have a series of. They, they, they are. They are different mountains because I couldn't do the same mountain over and over, but the same kind of mountain. I miss them. Growing up in Austria, mountains were there, always there. I've always missed them. But in a way, she's always kept them near. Her paintings are all mountains, not literally, of course. I've never been able to paint them, incidentally. This this is just a little thing. I've drawn them. But to paint mountains, really, you have to paint the air between you and it. Anna Marie's paintings are never made from observation anyway. But the spirit of the mountain, you might even call it the gestalt of the mountain, is there in her pictures. Whether it's an interior view of a bedroom, or a cityscape, or a self-portrait with her dog, the paintings often employ a pyramidal composition. The, the bottom half of, of the picture plane is very weighted. It's very solid, and, yeah. and, 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 and then the top goes into the air. It's always that. The painting has to have an interior architecture. I don't mean that like putting stones on stones, but it has to support, the bottom has to support what comes above. It's as if the alpine landscape of Anna Marie's childhood is continually reasserting itself. She recalls her disorientation upon first encountering different topography. This is from way back when I was put on the children's train to Holland at night, uh, and then the bus took us to a place called Weik am See, and we got out in the dark, and I thought, my God, they have funny snow here. It was January, I think, or maybe February. And I bent down, and it wasn't snow at all. It was sand. And that very next morning, the little troop of children was taken to walk by the North Sea beyond the dunes. And it was an incredibly strange and disorienting experience to see the sky at ankle height. You looked across the water, and there it was. I'd always looked up to see the sky. I found it very beautiful, but I don't feel at home. I've never felt at home at, at, at the ocean. Of course, in your paintings, the sky is always... Uh, it's on top. It's yes. on top. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. There are rules like that that guide Anna Marie Mahler's process that contribute to these consistently strong, stark, modern paintings. 
But there's a part of the process that seems completely aleatory and whimsical, as if she's capturing wild yeast cells. Here you have a, a sort of a sphinx creature who... That is a baby sphinx. You may see that she is practicing and she has a bloody paw. What, tell me about, about that one. Hmm? Why, why did you paint a baby sphinx? I don't know. <laughs> she just, she said she wanted me to paint her, so I painted her. It's always a conversation between the thing I'm painting and me. It tells me what it wants once I get started. And the further on you go with the painting, the more you're limited in what you can do because the painting won't let you do just anything. I often start to do something and the, the thing I'm working on says, you've got to be kidding, I'll tell you what to do. This is something I did in Woods Hole. God knows what it means. But I was thinking of uh, bobsleds, but they don't really look like people on a bobsled. They seem to be riding on a bear. So you know, you don't ask, right? You don't ask what it means. You just no. follow instructions. Uh, it tells me what it wants, yeah. and that bear said, I'm here. Tell me about the, the immediate process of creating something. Do you, do you have other images in your mind, like whether it's Piero de la Francesca or Gothic cathedrals, or, do you, never, or are you thinking never, about your own? Never, never, never. I have no idea how I start. I make a line on the thing and it begins to tell me what it wants. The art historian is totally separate from the artist in me. They have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. Strict division. I mean, all of these times that I've tried to bring up things like, oh, it's like Van Gogh, like Chagall, oh, the negative space, you really push back from that. The art historian can talk about it. There's this guy who lives inside of me who can do it. But that would kill me as a painter. I can't paint that way. A painting needs privacy. So I'm trying to get closer to what your notion of the meaning of painting is or or I why tell you right now I have no idea <laughs> so but I understand that that you you want to paint something that I is paint something that makes me happy when I look at it I mean that yeah yeah every one of those does yeah every one of those does particularly he he's wonderful I love him He's a dog, or who is he? Is, he is one of those uh, animals in the in the Andes. Uh, oh, llama. Llama. Okay. No, not llama. The other kind, but uh, yes, uh, it's like a llama. Alpaca. Alpaca. He's an okay. alpaca. Okay. <laughs> and I, I'm madly in love with him. As soon as he was finished, it was like like when Andy was born. <laughs> long skinny guy who hadn't, hadn't even opened his eyes yet and he put his arms around my neck and squeezed very hard I was stunned something that has just come into being is, is a wonderful thing I can't even begin to tell you even, even when I've written something that I think I like but most, mostly visual things mostly visual things there's joy there's joy in all of them there's joy in every one of them no, there's a certain calm, a certain thing, a certain acceptance of what there is. That same joy that I felt, God, God, now I'm alone, what am I going to do? Solitude is wonderful too. So it sounds like there's something about painting that allows you to 
return to your most primal state. Absolutely, that's the ultimate me. That's who I am, and it, that's, that's, that's the world I can make for myself. Yes, exactly. Listen to Anna Marie's story again and see her paintings at wfiu.org arts. Her work is on view at the Blue Line Gallery in Bloomington, and a documentary about her life, Whatever Comes Next, will be shown Friday, July 29th at the Waldron Arts Center as part of the Middle Coast Film Festival.